Royce and welcome to the Welsh Music Podcast. I'm James. I'm Neil. How's it going, mate? Yeah, very good, thanks. How are you coping? Yeah, not too bad. Out of self-isolation now, so nice to take a little walk in the park with my daughter yesterday. But yeah, still finding it a little bit hard being cooped up in the house. Yeah, I suppose if there is any sort of joy to be had in sort of uh, lockdown, it's uh, re-engaging with classic albums from the past. I mean, I've been listening to loads of stuff that I haven't, you know, dusted off for ages, listening to loads of new music. And yeah, hopefully we can help uh, with that with the podcast as well. Yeah, definitely. And that's kind of like the idea behind the lockdown sessions. Um, what we're trying to try and do is... Every- every Friday, Saturday and Sunday night with sort of the lack of live music and being able to sort of foster a sense of community is get people to listen to a, an album at the same time and talk it through on Twitter with with the artist who, who made the album. So kicked it off last week and had um, three amazing artists. We had uh, Gentle Good, Zabrinsky and uh, Georgia Ruth with her new album. And then this weekend, we've got another one. So kicking off tonight with Irods and Yaifa Nevoid. And we've got Reese Moyne tomorrow with Kamotawahu. And then on Sunday, we've got Keys with uh, Bring Me the Head of Jerry Garcia, which is what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely love that album. Uh, I've had it on heavy uh, rotation since it came out last November. Um, Libertino Records and one of our albums of the year from our countdown uh, in December. We've got some great sessions lined up uh, next weekend as well. Uh, so stay tuned. We've got um, Patrick Jones and John Robb uh, with their powerful political album, Renegade Psalms, which is another of our favourites from last year. And um, we've got The Anchoress with um, her album, Confessions of a Romance Novelist. And you've got Silent Forum, mate. Yeah, look forward to that one on uh, on the Sunday with them um, everything solved at once and hopefully we're going to try and get Charlie Francis who produces it involved as well and I've really enjoyed doing these particularly the uh, the Welsh language albums because um, it, it sort of helps me practice my Welsh um, I've been learning again so it's been an amazing opportunity to to try at least to uh, to speak in Welsh with them um, with the artists and we're going to be doing that this weekend as well with their odds and and, and Reese. yeah and we've got another good episode uh, in store for you um, with Jack Perrett a young uh, solo indie artist a real sort of prodigious talent he was one of um the horizon selected artists last year yeah if you're a fan of like sort of oasis and the smiths arctic monkeys jake bug that sort of thing um he did a um great uh session from his kitchen in the week actually he did a um, load of his own original songs really cool cover of um oasis rocking chair and uh yeah it was just great to sit down with him way back in december now actually uh, and have a couple of points with him in tony rabble in newport yeah lovely guy as well and um yeah you mentioned him doing the the facebook stream uh in the week i think he's going to do a few more of those so you mentioned his social media channels on the podcast so stay tuned listen to that and make sure you're following him and keep an eye on what he's doing i'm expecting big things of uh, of him this year and uh, a bit of a celebration of all things newport as well yeah absolutely um since the start really we've been promising sort of one-off specials um exploring key um areas in welsh music and culture and i, th- I certainly think that um a celebration of the Newport scene in the 90s is uh, well worth doing. Uh, it was Neil Strauss, I think, in the New York Times, the uh, rock journalist who coined it uh, the new Seattle with uh, bands like 60 Foot Dolls, uh, Dub War, Fly Screen and Novocaine. Um, so it'd be really good for us to... Um, explore that in depth but um this is this episode that acts as like a sort of mini celebration of newport itself so you've got um jack perrett obviously from newport his chosen album gold looking chain um and to our outro music is uh another similar um indie artist to uh jack actually uh dan burridge yeah thanks for listening thanks for downloading and, and all of the support you give us um really appreciate it hope we're able to play a small part in uh, getting you through this tumultuous time Dio
week. So Jack, welcome to the podcast and thanks for joining us today. No problem, thanks for inviting me. And th- yeah, thanks for bringing us to Newport. That's okay, no problem at all. Hope you enjoy it. Oh mate, living the <laughs> port life already. <laughs> uh, we'll come on to that in a yeah, bit. Yeah. Um, let's take you back. You're a keen sportsman as a child, but what was your first love? Was it music or sport? First love, yeah, it was, it was sport probably. I, when I was a kid, I used to play all, all sports, football, rugby, tennis, golf. I mean, whatever was on the telly at the time. You know, if, if it was a snooker season, I'd wanted to play snooker. <laughs> do you know I mean, if, if it was the golf was on, if the cricket was on, when the Ashes were on, I wanted to play cricket. Do you know I mean, but yeah, sport, I don't know, is that was the, that was the first thing really. Um, particularly football and rugby was the main ones, and tennis as well in the summer. But yeah, and then music come along there when I was probably about 16. So, was a career in sport ever a possibility? Not really, no. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I played, like I said, I played everything when I was younger. I wasn't much of a footballer, I got worse as I got older, really. Rugby. As soon as everyone got bigger, like I'm, I'm quite tall, but I'm very gangly. So as soon as everyone started going to the gym, I don't think I stood much chance. But in primary school, I, I yeah, I fancy myself as quite a good outside half. I gotta be honest, I thought I was alright. But then yeah, like I said, as soon as everyone got bigger, that was it for me. So you said you chose music when you were 16. Yeah. Was there something on the telly that, that influenced you to do that? Um, so music was always played in the house. My dad and my mum, but my dad particularly loves. He loves all kinds of music. His, his heart's in like uh, heavy rock, like Deep Purple and Sabbath, Led Zeppelin, nice. and things like that. I mean, that's his. But he, he loves like he loves soul music. He loves the jam. So when I was probably about 14, 15, it was I, I started getting into Oasis more. I was always into Oasis. Like I had uh, Morning Glory on cassette when I was when I was young. I remember listening down the car. But I started getting more and more into Oasis and seeing them like from working class backgrounds. It made me think, right, I I can sort of do that. Do you mean myself? Yeah. It's it, no Gallagher didn't he sort of was honest and said he just pinch ideas from other people I was like well if he can do it why can't <laughs> do you know I mean why can't I do it do you mean so um so then when I was 16 I just did my GCSEs and my my brother's mate Ben he had a like a classical classical guitar knocking around and I said oh, I fancy learning the guitar in my I think it's 10 I think you have 10 weeks off after you do your GCSEs so was, I always say it was either that or get a job and I didn't fancy working so I thought <laughs> I'll, I'll learn the guitar so yeah I got the guitar and then my aim was always to write songs like I was never going to be I was never going to be Jimi Hendrix on the guitar that that didn't really interest me about you know being the best guitarist it was always learning the guitar as a tool to start writing songs so that's where it all started, really. Yeah, me and James, I think, we sort of picked up guitars from Oasis, really. Back yeah, I always say that Noel taught me to play guitar, yeah, and yeah. everything, so they mean literally, but yeah. yeah. Well, he did, well, that's the thing, like all the chords, it's, you know. Nice open chords. Open, open yeah. chords. They don't, his hands don't move much, do you know what I mean? It just seems easy, do you know what I mean? There's some great, like, acoustic stuff in the early days as well uh, to play yeah. along with, you know, all the married with children and all that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, um, uh, and what about your sibling? Have you, uh, you got siblings? Yeah, yeah? Uh, what, what sort of um, music were they into? Did they yeah, into sim- anything? Yeah, similar, really. Like, he was, he was always into Oasis. I think um, before I could play the guitar, he got the Stop the Clocks Oasis oh, yeah, album. Yeah, the which was, hit, yeah, like a best of album. So I think he had that. Um, and he, he got me into a band called The Twang as well. Oh, yeah, some yeah, of them. Bingham, yeah. I, so um, Love When I Feel Like This is probably, it's probably my top five favourite albums. It's a great album. So we had, I think that uh, sort of periods in 2007, 2006, 2007, when you had the Twang, the Enemy, Arctic Monkeys, the Kooks. Yeah, so that sort of got me going as well, as, as well as Oasis, you know. Talking of Oasis, um, you bust outside Liam's first solo gig in Brixton. Yeah. Did you 
what what made you come up with that idea and how did it go? So the, fir- the first one I'd done was Kasabian in New World Centre. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I made 200 quid in an hour. So I was like, right. I went to that gig, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, might, you probably did see me outside busking. But I thought of the idea. I thought, well, I, I, I just started. I hadn't done any busking. I think I bust in the day the first time. And then I thought, oh, I'll do the Kasabian gig in the night. And I turned up and I was, I was a bit nervous. I've got to be honest. It's, it's a different kettle of fish, I think, busking to performing on a stage. Yeah. I mean? So it's, you don't know how they're going to react at all. Do you mean? I don't know if you, you don't know if you're going to get moved on by the security yeah. or do you, do you know I mean you don't know what's going to happen. So um, yeah, I'd done that and I thought oh, that's, a, that's a good earner. Do you know what I mean so? So me and my mate had tickets to go and see him in Brixton, and I said, well, we're going down anyway. I might as well take my busking gear. I think I only made about 50 quid that night. I didn't make too much, but it was only quite a small, small venue. Do you know I mean? I said, right, we'll take the stuff back to the hotel, come back, watch the gig. Yeah, it's top night. Sure. It can be um, great exposure. Um, uh, busking outside gigs now. You see them yeah. with, like uh, when Liam plays uh, yeah. Cardiff, and like they go viral now. With, yeah, like, they social do. Media yeah. With phones and that, you know. So well, the, when he played in Cardiff, I think it was yeah. No, because I think it was Kasabian in Cardiff. Yeah. It went viral. Point, yeah. I busked that gig, but I'd done it before. Oh, okay. And then it was a group of lads who'd done it after. after I, think. Yeah, yeah. I think I preferred doing it before because people are not as drunk. They're less predictable. People when they pick up your guitar, then don't they? Mate, let me have a go. I'm a rock Exactly. Well, you get that before the gig as well. Do mean? So you got have your wits about you, do you mean? Do you just play um, Liam songs at Liam gig, Kasabian songs at Kasabian um, gig, or do you chuck your own ones in as well? I don't really play my own ones, I don't think, but like, Liam gig, I could play Oasis all night, do you <laughs> mean? So, yeah, mostly Oasis, I'll chuck like a Verve song in, or a Stone Roses song, Kasabian, yeah, do you mean? I'll, I'll try, i done the, um, the Wombats, they play New Boss oh, yeah. so I learned a couple of Wombats songs as well, so if, you know, if it's my sort of, if it's an indie band playing locally, do you mean I try to get yeah. down oh, nice. to Busk, you know? And another Manchester band you I saw you cover on um, Jamie Owen's uh, BBC yeah. Radio Wales show. Um, it was I Want to Be Adored, and yeah. that was for the uh, Manchester uh, One Love, was it? Yeah, uh, I think so, yeah. yeah. So that was a cool cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, I do really like covering that song. I think it's, it suits my voice quite a lot, really, in my vocal range, you know. But, um, I've, yeah, I've been playing that song years. I need to learn another one, really. <laughs> <laughs> did you come with that, up with that idea, or did they invite you down? And I've played on that. Sh- I played on Jimmy's show twice. He's not there no more on Radio Wales, is he? But I played, I think I was getting, I think I was on the Radio Wales A-list, I think. My song, Me and You, I think it was on the, the playlist, Radio Wales. And I think they invited me down. But I think I'd done his show twice, actually. Okay. I think that, And I think that was the second time, I believe, I'd done it. So your first gig was a... Uh, a, a different type of venue is yeah. St Julian's Rugby Club. It was, yeah. You're 21. Was that nerve wracking? Yeah, thinking back, I think it was because I, I, in terms of live performance, I didn't have a clue. I didn't have a sound engineer. I remember I had, a, I had an amp, which was, I think it was a keyboard amp actually. I had a keyboard amp. I went to the music shop the same day and I bought a microphone and a microphone stand, guitar and microphone, literally into one. The same amp. An amp, Jimmy. <laughs> a keyboard amp as well not a PA system at all and I think it was outside as well so I don't know it couldn't have sounded very good but <laughs> you know the people down there are very su- they're still very supportive I mean they come to the gigs and I remember I played which looking back now it was quite ballsy really I played quite a few original songs that yeah, night yeah that's amazing First do you mean gig. so uh, I, yeah thinking back that was quite a brave decision I think but I, I do remember people singing along to one of my songs I've got it all but I want more I remember people singing along to that to be fair there's not many words in it so it's not, <laughs> it's, not, it's, not it's not hard to get wrong really but I remember what, looking at people sing along so I thought oh, that must be right. yeah. buzz mate yeah, as well yeah, to hear people singing your song back to you yeah, and you know, on your first bro. gig yeah. you know yeah 
I mean, you strike me as someone who's constantly gigging, and uh, I read um, that your brother was a bit influential in that, and saying yeah. that, you know, unless you get out there, Richard Branson and V2 Records yeah, aren't going to come knocking on your he, door. He yeah. did say that. So I started, like I said, I was 16 when I picked up the guitar. Probably, I wouldn't say mastered it, but I could string a tune together probably by the time I was 17, do you mean? Started, I pretty much started writing songs from the off. But I was a, yeah, I was a bedroom singer and guitarist, really. So, yeah, my brother would say, like, you know, you need to get out there. I was looking for a band. I was always saying, oh, yeah, I, I, I want to get in a band. Whether that be a bassist a singer or I didn't care I just wanted to be in a band performing after many adverts on joinmyband.com nothing <laughs> nothing come about yeah so I got to about 21 and I was like right I just got to get into it myself do you mean I felt I could sing well enough to get by do you mean so um first two or three years yeah I was doing it on my own do you mean but then I more recently last two years I got a band together which is much better and uh, is it right that you don't get nervous as much now, but you're more nervous performing in, say, two pe- in front of two Definitely. people at the bar than, like, a big crowd? Definitely, yeah. If the, if the room's full, it's, it's easy. A particular gig I really enjoyed was supporting from the jam in Froome. I probably say it was a thousand capacity venue, and I just felt as soon as I walked on the stage, everyone was connected. I, had, I was getting a, round, a good round of applause after every song. Most of the time, if I'm doing a gig and it's empty, it's so hard when it's yeah. literally just a little clap after one song, no <laughs> clap at all, do you mean? You know. So um, another influence of yours, and obviously Oasis, is, is the Beatles. Yeah. And you play the famous Cavern Club. Yeah. How did that come about, and what, what was that like? Uh, I think that was a competition, I think. So you made the competitions and things I applied for, yeah. It was nice to have something come back. But yeah, we got to the final of this uh, Northern Exposure uh, sort of blog thing that, and this feeder were involved as well. So we got to the final of that, and I think the winner got to play a festival in Croatia or something, something oh, okay. like that. Something like that. We didn't win, but um, just to play at the Cavern Club, I think we played three songs, and just to play there in yeah. front of, I think Alan McGee was there really? as well. Yeah, so got to meet him. Yeah, just to play at the Cavern. I mean, it was class. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you said uh, that an influence from your father as well? Yeah, yeah. My dad was in the Beatles. I think I'm more into the Beatles now than I remember. We had the uh, Beatles one album with all the number ones yeah. on. And I remember, I remember the day uh, George Harrison died, actually. I was, what's that, 2001, I think it was. So yeah. I was probably about seven, eight. But I remember I had a day off school because I was ill. I remember we then travelled down to my dad's friends in the New Forest and we listened to that album, George Harrison yeah. Just Died or whatever. And I remember knowing the words then when I was like seven, eight, to all the yeah. songs, do you mean? He was into the Beatles. But I think now, with the Beatles, I don't know if you're fans of the Beatles. But oh, yeah, definitely. Who's not, who, yeah, who's not, to be fair? <laughs> but um, my experience was you get into all the love songs at first, the early ones, and then you get into the later oh, yeah. ones then yeah. I think yeah. the I demos don't, yeah. yeah I don't think many people start with like Hey Boy and Dog and then Yeah do you mean Apart from Oasis I suppose Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, but um, I read as well that um, you would read that Paul McCartney um, writes in the third person, and that's something that you very much do yeah. as well. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but with songwriting, sometimes it's just literally one line. For example, I've I've wrote this song. I haven't released it yet or recorded, but it's called "Familiar Stranger," and the opening line is "I've been watching you, watching me all night." And that was just something my girlfriend told me about that some bloke said to her. So um, <laughs> it's been creepy, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so I thought, well, I've got that line. What's the song going to be about? And it was about someone who's, do you mean a familiar stranger? So that's not, that song's not about me. It's a, it's a made up story, do you mean about someone else? There's a few songs I sort of write about my experiences, do you mean? And, and like phrases like, for example, what my song, What You Say, and that was just something all my mates would say, do you mean? Yeah, it was like yeah. a phrase, do you mean? So yeah, I do try and put a bit of humour in the songs as well, I think. So would you say 2016 was your breakout year? You, you know, you released your debut yeah. EP, What You Say, in, and then that sort of went global. I, I think so. So like going to the first gig, I think from then to, maybe when I recorded my EP it was cover gigs yeah do you know I mean but as soon as the EP came out I think it was gigs supporting bands like I, mem- I remember one of my first gigs I think it was my first gig at the Moon Club I 
supported Himalayas. Yeah. Do you mean I think he's only just started out then as well? Do you mean so? I think yeah, the EP coming out really got people's attention to get me gigs like supporting other bands because I was still like a, a solo acoustic act. I was like first on the bill sort yeah. of thing. You're, obviously, you've got to start somewhere. Do you mean? But so what um, sort of other bands you supported over the years? Houdini Dax oh, yeah, supported yeah. in the old La Pub. That was uh, I think that was Christmas 2014 actually. So I'd only be gigging a few few months then. Himalayas. Palomino Party. Did you ever go and see them? No. Brilliant bands. They, yeah. sp- they split up now, but they were they're one of my favourite bands out of Cardiff, actually. Oh, really? But um, yeah, in the early days, I think. Yeah. I saw yeah. you um, support Badfinger at the Globe. Yeah. Yeah. That's another one. That's another one. Yeah. Bad. So that was 2016. Yeah. I December. Think. Yeah, December yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. That was. I think that's the only time I played the Globe actually. But that was really good. It was a good crowd in that yeah. night, and they seemed to uh, enjoy my set. And Dave Owens included uh, Drunken Stone from 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 the What You're Saying EP on his best 100 yeah. songs of 2016 that must have uh, yeah. been a bit of a trip as it well it was great yeah it was, to be fair Dave's been really supportive yeah. of uh, my music yeah Drunk and Stoned I think he uh, used to do like a playlist every yeah. month or so I think wasn't it um, I think he uploaded quite a few of the songs off the EP actually but yeah that Drunk and Stone made, uh, made the cut on that one it must have been a bit of a pinch yourself moment hearing uh, me and you uh, crop up on this morning as well yeah, soundtrack and a fashion great. item apparently that was great so um, that was another one uh, I think a friend of mine told me about uh, this morning we're looking for unsigned bands for their fashion VT videos. So I sent in me and you, and it was fairly quick, maybe like a couple of days later, I had an email from the fashion department (laughs) (laughs) this morning, and they said they wanted to use the song. I was like, buzzing, yeah, great. You know, what am I going to buy for Christmas with all this money? (laughs) (laughs) With all this money to go. I remember then I, I was in work. Yeah, I was in work, and um, I, was, I told everyone my song was going to be on. So we was in, we was in class. All the kids were there. They didn't know what's going on. To be fair, but we had put this morning on about half past twelve, I think it was. And we was listening. It's like, is it playing yet? Is it playing? But yeah, they played in. Yeah, that was class. To be fair, oh, really amazing. good. Yeah. And then um, going from this morning to in the morning, yeah, 2017 single, which was produced by Stefan Pringle of Estrons, and he recently produced Adwaith, the yeah. Welsh Music Prize winning uh, album Melon, and also the Keys. Yeah. Bringing the head of Jerry Garcia. What was it like working with with Stefan? Obviously, he's a he's a big name. Yeah, he's class to be fair, Steph. So I met Steph. I believe it was through my girlfriend's brother Richard. He recommended me to Steph. I was a uh, Houdini Dax really influenced me as well to get out there and play. I seen them support Twisted Wheel in uh, the Globe about 2012 I think but anyway I knew that Stefan had worked with Houdini Dax on the Naughty Nation album and I think that got nominated for the Welsh yeah, Music yeah, yeah, Prize as well so so I met up with Steph and we'd, we'd done the first EP and that was great because I never recorded at all so I didn't know what to expect and I was always worried in terms of recording I, I wanted a producer who sort of give his opinions and say oh that's you know that, I don't think that's working I was I was a bit afraid of going to the studio and someone just pressing stop and record yeah. or record and stop so Stefan was really good at giving his opinions particularly yeah, in the morning that was the second batch of songs we'd done after the EP and I remember recording that one actually so Davey from Boyazuga played drums on that one oh did he yeah Houdini Dax and the, yeah and Houdini Dax I think he was with Houdini, I think it was Houdini Dax at the time yeah and I remember listening back to the speakers and it was only like it hadn't been mixed or anything I thought oh, that sounds great already do you mean it's going <laughs> to sound even when yeah when yeah. Steph mixes it's going to sound great so yeah it got played on uh, ra- I think that was the first Radio 1 play so I think it got playlisted on Radio Wales as well which was great and uh, talking of uh, Radio 1 um, you were voted into the 
final six of Project Alofstar and yeah. played in front of people like Hugh Stevens. Yeah, that? yeah. So that was uh, yeah, that was Christmas time a couple of years ago as well. But um, that was another competition. So apply apply for many competitions. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, got to the final. I, I didn't know what the prize was. I think it was money. I think it was a cash prize, which I didn't get again. But got to be in it to win it. You have so, um, so yeah, that was good. So we went down. I think it was uh, East London. Um, my girlfriend came down with me, and we stayed in a, in a nice hotel and just had to play the song, staring at the camera. And then, yeah, they judged her then. And I think Shan Smile, she was on The X Factor then. A couple of years later, she won it. Oh, okay. But, um, that, yeah, that was the first time I met Hugh Stevens. And I think I've come a long way in terms of just approaching people. Because I'm, I am quite a shy person, believe it or not. Do you mean? So I remember Hugh Stevens was there. I, was sitting, I said, I need to go and speak to him. And I, I was umming and ahhing. But in the end, I did go and speak to him. And, um, yeah, I've seen him quite a few times since, Hugh. And he's, he's really supportive, to be fair. He's played quite a few of the songs on, on his show. Well, yeah, him. really nice bloke, Hugh, to be fair. Then you joined This Feeling, who are a national sort of promotion company, and they're putting on nights everywhere. And I think, like, Noel Gallagher said something about the most yeah, important yeah. Uh, nights in rock. Yeah. yeah, a brilliant sort of uh, advocate there. How did how did that come about? How did you get involved um, with them? My first gig with This Feeling was supporting, um, oh, I can't remember his name now, the bassist out of the Libertines. John Hassel. John Hassel, yeah. John Hassel and the April Rainers, I believe his band were called. Yeah, yeah. Supporting them in the moon, I was I was just the, the support for the night. That, so that was the first gig. And I had the, I had the odd gig with them, do you mean just support? But then... Last year, oh sorry, the end of 2018, they chose uh, Like a Fever for the this EP they were going to put out, um, the big in 2019 yeah. EP. That came out um, earlier this year, and then we done a tour, done a tour with them. Then in February, uh, we played uh, Cardiff, London, Manchester, and Sheffield. So that yeah, that was really good. Yeah, they're really supportive. To be fair, the this feeding team. And another person who's uh, really supportive of you, um, you know, hugely influential in the radio world for the last oh my God, 30, 40 years, I suppose, is uh, Janice Long. Said yeah, some really yeah. nice things about you. She's lovely, Janice. She's really, really supportive. I think she's the first. Don't get me wrong. I've had like plays uh, like from Adam Walton and Hugh Stevens but Janice is the first one to really big me up and praise me and I, I can't thank her enough for that Jimmy she's a lovely lady as well she's really nice but um, I, I performed on her show I think twice but she's, she's just really good good for advice and if I ever needed any help she would she would you know help me out straight away yeah what a quote she said that you know she's given the first sessions to the Smiths Primal Scream Amy Winehouse and loads of people and you know she gets a tingle and a buzz when she hears something special and she yeah. got that same buzz when she heard you. So that quote, um, I was applying for some funding and I needed a quote from an industry professional. So I asked Janice and she sent that back. I was like, Can't get better that, than that. that is mental, yeah, that is crazy. I wanted to speak to you about um, Like a Fever, um, you know, brilliant riff on it. And I um, wanted to speak more to you about the sort of lyric of it, really. And was it about like sort of observing people who do the same thing every weekend, get smashed yeah. and just... Yeah. Go to the same place to spend yeah. shitloads of money. Because that's yeah, because that's not me at all. I'm I am a, an old man really. I don't really <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a nightclub person, but yeah, this I got quite a few mates who were sort of uh, well, at the time they were like single or whatever and they were going out every Saturday, seeing the same people. I think why are you wasting your money on this sort of thing? But um I think yeah, we were that song was knocking around in the re- rehearsal room for a bit and I was just singing the I think I was just singing the one verse, but then we were doing the demo, that's right, we were doing the demo and then Reese, my bassist at the time, said, Oh, we need another verse, so I sort of had to quickly scribble down the next verse for it but yeah it sounds great i I think it's uh people 
I think that's the first one, like this feeling, for example, they really took notice when that came out. So when you're writing lyrics, sort of, you, you mentioned you write about, you know, observations yeah. and these sort of things, and this was like an observation of your friends and, the, you know, the guests living for the weekend sort yeah. of mentality. Does it worry you that you're going to put something out and, like, you know, piss someone off? Or, I don't think so, Or someone no. you go, it's not yeah. about you? Or, uh, you yeah, th there is one song, which, again, like, a lot of the time, I just put words in just for now, do you know what I mean? So, yeah. And I'll come back to that, do you know what I mean? Like yesterday was like um, yeah, egg yeah. and chips or something. Scrambled, scrambled, scrambled eggs. Scrambled <laughs> eggs, yeah. So, yeah, I, and I do that. But then sometimes I think oh, I'll just leave them in because they do, they do something good. I saw another influence of mine is Kurt Cobain. Yeah. You know, I, Nirvana, I, they're one of my favourite bands easily. Do you know what I mean? Top band. Um, and I got into them quite late, to be fair. When I was in school, if anyone said they liked Nirvana, I think they were a bit, a bit weird, <laughs> like, do you mean? Was the Unplugged it, album big influence for you? Um, yeah, because, like, I think people say about Nirvana, they say, oh, it's just noise, do you know what I mean? But if you listen to their unplugged album, yeah. they're just good pop songs. Do you yeah. mean there's no there's no like distorted guitars over the top? It's just, you can hear the melodies. Most accessible. Yeah. It's, yes. you know what I mean? it's a fascinating insight to what they could have been as well. Yeah, yeah. Whether they were going to go in that direction, yeah, you know. Yeah. I know we love Johnny Cash and Lead Belly and all that sort of thing. Yeah, it's just yeah. Whether it would have gone in that sort of way. Yeah. Really. With like Kurt Cobain and his lyrics, I think I might be wrong. But a lot of the songs, I think they're just nonsense. I might be completely wrong with that. But to me, my interpretation is like Teen Spirit. I don't know what that song's about. Did you <laughs> I mean, I, I haven't got a clue. There might be a meaning behind this somewhere, yeah. but the words just sound good together. Yeah. Do you mean? It's, it just sounds, it sounds as if he wrote itself. Some people often say that, that the song comes to them fully formed and yeah. it often writes itself. Do you, do you feel that way? Quite a few of the times, um, like my song in the morning, that was one of the ones, like lyrically, I, th I was quite proud of. Do you mean? Because every, every line of that song has a meaning. Do you mean? Like, it's quite a few of my songs where maybe one of the lines is just, it just rhymes with a line before. Do you mean so? Um, one of my songs, No Time for Me, that was one of the really quick songs. Do you mean I probably took about half hour to write? Do you mean it's just lyrics and nonsense, but it just sounded good? So, yeah, a brilliant uh piece of yours that I come across uh in the last year or so, which went viral 100,000 yeah. views, I think, on YouTube yeah, is yeah. uh Port Life, which yeah, is uh, yeah. your homage to your hometown. Um, references uh, Newport County and the Bringar Glass Tunnels, yeah. and you know, plenty of other sort of references. What was the reaction like from the people uh, around Newport with that? Yeah, it was great that weekend when it came out. It was, uh, yeah, it was good. It it's my first experience of sort of going viral, so to speak. I mean, people were really supportive. I think the video is vital for that. I think it sounds ridiculous now, but I was going to do the video myself with yeah. no experience of making a music video. Going to use my iPhone, do you yeah. mean? And I'm so glad. <laughs> so glad. And Evan, I take my hat off to Dan Harris from Focus Shift Films who've done it because I just said to him, look, mate, I haven't got much money, to be honest, but this is the song. This is sort of what I want to do. This is the idea. And to be fair, I take my hat off. He, d he done it, do you mean, with pretty much no budget. He did make money for him, do you mean? So so it's a perfect parody though isn't it yeah. like, uh, and even the guy at the start who's in bed yeah, is my just a character yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, he was the best actor in it to be fair he, uh, I, don't, I don't know if he was acting though, he, I think he was hung over from the night before to be <laughs> fair so but um, yeah that was, a, that was one of the more probably the most enjoyable video I'd done actually we'd done it all in one day apart from a little snippet it was a nice nice day but um, people seem to uh, really like that song when we play it in Newport we played it elsewhere as well and people seem to like it so yeah w one thing that struck me with it is I mean obviously the humour in it first of all but um, you know there's the intonation with oh instead of oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah. You know, he loves her you know yeah, or yeah. something but it struck me as very much a compliment rather than a piss take of your hometown yeah. Definitely, like I suppose, is um, the Goldie-looking shit. It, it, there was an influence there. Do you mean don't get me wrong? I'm not going to shy away from that. But I think, and I don't want to speak out of turn. Obviously, I'm not saying they're not very serious about what they do. The Goldie-looking chain, but you do sort of get a sense it's sort of a Mickey taking sort of thing. Do you yeah. mean so? But yeah, this was the idea of Port Life was to um, just get the people in Newport to know who I am, really. And I yeah. think 
it that did work. Do you know what I mean? I think it did work. But it's not something I don't want to be doing parodies all the time. Jimmy, it's not something. It's like I think the weekend Acker made, I had offers to do parodies for all kinds well, of things. Okay. Jimmy, I was like, oh, no, no, I don't want to be doing making a living out of that. Jimmy, I want people to listen to my music. You know, it's lovely uh, retro county top as well. Yeah, yeah did you own that before? Or? I think I won. I I done a gig over Ronnie Preed actually supporting a, a band called Two Roots, and there was a raffle, and I think I won that one. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I was well happy with that. And you must feel um, a real sense of pride as a county fan hearing it played before you. Games. Yeah, they play it. They and uh, no, I think the county were on uh, telly against. Um, I can't remember they play now. It was in the FA Cup, and I think it was uh, the game was on shown on telly, and it was on in the on in the background. Yeah, which is uh, which is funny to be fair. But um, yeah, they're really supportive. To be fair, the people who play the music over the county, I always send them my latest song, and they they play it pretty much every game. And it's been uh, some good times for the county recently, uh, yeah. knocking Leicester out of the cup last year yeah. and playing Man City as Man well. Man City, Tottenham, the, Tottenham as well. Yeah, yeah st- staying in the. Li- the last couple of years as a Newport County fan, I think we've had a lifetime of memories, do you mean, in the last four years or so. Highs and lows, don't get me wrong, do you mean? But yeah, I think we just need to make make the most of it, really, because quickness has gone uphill, it can go downhill quickly as well. And another uh, important part of Newport culture and, and obviously history is the, the Chartist March and, yeah. you know, the Newport Rising. Um, and you, you you supported the anniversary celebrations for that? Yeah, yeah. So um, Risu was my bassist at the time. He's heavily involved with that sort of stuff, with Rise Propaganda and Newport Rising. And he was really helpful on the Port Life thing, to be fair. Like, so what, what happened with Port Life? I wrote out my version of the lyrics. Reese wrote his version. And we sort of chose the best lines. And to be fair, Reese's lines were a lot better than mine, <laughs> to be fair. So um, really supportive of uh, what they're doing at Rise and Newport Rising. As a huge uh, Oasis fan growing up, uh, it must have been quite a moment to be on the same, you know, same festival as Noel Gallagher, High Flying Birds, and um, that was with this feeling, wasn't it? Yeah, that was uh, on the, the this feeling stage. Yeah, that was a, that was a great weekend. To be fair, it was my first experience at a at a major festival. Did you bump into Noel? I didn't bump into Noel. No, he was uh, too busy with his entourage, I imagine. <laughs> so I met Miles Kane. And that, that was that was probably the best thing of the weekend. So um Miles Kane plays I think the big top stage. And my mate Alex, he's really good at just uh he just balls he just go up to people. So he's like, Come here, come here. So I went up to Miles Kane and I said, Oh sorry Miles, don't mean to interrupt, but um do you mind if I have a photo? And he turned to me, he said, Oh, it's Jack in it. I was like, What? Wow. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is Jack. Nice one. But yeah, I saw him then a couple of weeks later when he supported Paul Weller at the castle, Cardiff Castle. Yeah, I went to that, yeah. Yeah, he was he was in the crowd after he played and I saw him again and he said hello, like so that's really good. Do you mean to the fact that he's just well he must have heard my music do you yeah. mean hopefully he's a fan i don't know but at the end of 2018 you were named for the 2019 list for yeah. uh, the horizons goelion 12 and that sort of starts june last year yeah. what, what does that involve um so horizon sort of uh mentor you for the any any advice you need or and they offer they offer you gigs like the great escape i, I believe yeah. was through uh, horizons and i played a festival recently in manchester called off the record that was through horizons yeah so they they sort of help you f- uh, throughout the year getting you gigs getting you festival slots and that sort of thing what's been the best bit of advice they've given you then i've had feedback from them well not from them directly but from other people saying they're impressed with my work ethic which i do believe is my strength i'm sort of my mum always did say i keep on which i do do you mean i, I do pet to people but I think in this industry or any industry really I think if you want if you want something you have got to go and get it do you know what I mean so like I said I'm, I might not be the best guitarist I might not be the best singer but I do believe I work hard do you know what I mean were we talking earlier before we started recording about like the importance
importance of, of social media, you yeah. know, and you, you're not in a position now to have somebody doing your social media for no. you. Hopefully you will in, in the future, yeah, but yeah. you do it yourself and you, you know, you, you schedule it for the whole week. Yeah, it's a pain in my life, social media, <laughs> can't be honest. It's, yeah, so uh, I don't work Mondays and Tuesdays. So, um, yeah, so on a Monday, I schedule my posts for the week. And then, yeah, it makes it a lot easier for me because I don't like being out on my, like, on my phone when I'm with people, you know, telling people I'm, you know, having a McDonald's or something. <laughs> like, it's, it's ridiculous, social media, isn't it? but it's, it's got to be done. I mean, it's so important. You know, it's like it's so important for ev- pretty much every business now in the, wo- you know, in the country or in the world, I mean. So uh, where can people follow you on social media if they if they're not already Jack so I'm on uh, Facebook Jack Parrot Music is spelled P-E-R-R-E-T-T most people get that wrong <laughs> and then on Twitter I'm at J Parrot Music I'm one character short of Jack Parrot Music on Twitter oh, so it's really yeah. annoying yeah. <laughs> so um, at J Parrot Music on Twitter and Jack Parrot Music on Instagram cool. well Jack has been fantastic talking to you today Thank thanks you. again no mate problem. and it's about this sort of time that we uh, we ask our guests to choose uh, an album their favourite by a Welsh artist yeah. and, uh, and induct it into the Welsh Music Hall of Fame. Who are you choosing today? Okay, so my favourite Welsh album is the Greatest Hits album by the Goldie Looking Chain. Ah, oh, quality. We talked yeah. about them a bit earlier. Yeah, and yeah. Fellow Newport residents. Yeah, yeah. Put Newport on the map in the early two thousands. Yeah, I. It's weird because I haven't really met any of them yet. So oh, really? I would like. Oh yeah, I would like to. Uh, would like to meet them. I'll put a I call d- out now for. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I did. I did try because they're playing uh, in a few weeks in the Newport Centre. Yeah. Sort right. of a plug from there. Yeah. But <laughs> I, d- I did try to get on the support for that, but no, I, d- I didn't get it unfortunately. And I worked out you were roughly about 11 when it came out. Was yeah. like it sort of like the rebellious the GLC that sort of uh, yeah. appealed to you and your schoolmates? Yeah, I, d- I don't think my mum would have been happy <laughs> with, me, with me listening to this uh, this album, really. But um, I don't know. I can't remember what the first song I heard. It was probably Guns Don't Kill People on it. But Yeah, that was a massive um, But I remember then hearing like some of the earlier stuff then. Like, have you ever heard Delivery Driver? Chicken Tikka Masala, Chips and Rice. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, really, it's, just like, it's just classic. Isn't it? But my, my favourite on the album's Roller disco oh yeah that, that's my that's my favorite yeah. off this album i do remember i think soap bar was uh, a single as well i remember hearing that one and just pissing myself laughing. Smoke so <laughs> bad, uh, laughing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Do you know I, mean? I just remember pissing myself laughing drunken stoned uh, referencing glc in any way or no i don't think so that that was again like sort of seeing other people yeah. do you know I mean getting up to are they uh get up to it yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I think people thought they were sort of like an overnight success in about 2003 yeah, yeah. 2004 but they had been around for quite a few years they yeah. released um, six albums on sort of CDRs which they yeah. circulated uh, far and wide and um, this is their first uh, release on a major label and Genius really calling it Greatest Hits your first album yeah it's a, well that's the thing but at the time like you said you people thought they were overnight success I thought they'd been around years because their album was called Greatest Hits do you mean that's what I thought you know um yeah, but it's a great idea. But, it's but it, it is, I suppose, still a compilation of their greatest moments yeah. until that time. But yeah. yeah, even so, it's such a great sort of signal of intent, isn't it? Yeah, I think, uh, just looking at the back of the cover now, all the songs are class. 21 Ounces is brilliant. Oh, yeah, you know, it's so solid crew. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. They do quite a lot of um, sort of parodies, I guess, of, yeah, of well, yeah. other songs and stuff. And they probably yeah. have to pay a lot of royalties yeah, I, I to I those know, things. I don't know how it works. I don't know. Yeah, it's, yeah I don't know uh, how much money they're making uh, the first <laughs> song. I don't know. And there's about 20 million of them in there, so yeah, they've got to share I, I out know, as yeah. well. I don't know how it works, to be fair, but I bet it's quite complicated. And um, they were gaining a lot of traction at the time uh, from another band who were, you know, unashamedly quite funny in their sort of music, The Darkness, uh, yeah, who, yeah, who yeah. went huge at the time. Um, yeah. Do you think that's something that's sort of 
been lost a bit now in um, music in the last sort of 10, 15 years that, you know, knows there's no sort of humour involved in music now. Or yeah. I suppose in port life, there's definitely a bit yeah. of humour, isn't it? Yeah, I think, um, I, sp- I think nowadays as well, you've got to be so careful while you say, do you mean about upsetting people? And But I, I do try, like I said earlier, I, I do try and put humour in my songs, whether, whether it's only my mates who understand it, do you <laughs> know what I mean? That, that's the thing like I sort of I can only write you know like like I said earlier about phrases phrases my mates would say in songs do you know I mean I, I sort of do that because I think oh I want to get a laugh at a gig when do you know I mean when they're there you know so it's, it's almost like a uh, sort of personal joke you know like yeah a, yeah it's def- just for yeah, you and your definitely, mates do you know I mean like, like I said it's nothing better than singing a song and then they're just pissing themselves laughing do you know, what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know? half man half machine the yeah. Yeah, one where I think like Eggsy's what does it mean pretending to yeah uh, <laughs> pretending to be a robot he's stoned yeah, and yeah. he dresses up like a robot was their first you know UK chart entry hit number was it? 32 I didn't know that yeah. oh, okay I didn't know that number yeah. 32 in 2004 and um, yeah. the BBC chart presenter at the time uh, Wes phoned up uh, Reese to let yeah. them know and I think that he thought that they were number one right. so yeah right. but it definitely was no no yeah. no I, d- I didn't know that was a single to be fair I didn't know I thought it was just um I thought it was just guns don't kill people. Yeah, and um, soap bar. I and, think. And your mother's got a. Yeah, uh, was that a dot, single dot, as well, yeah, yeah, Crikey. Yeah, but but there's, there's some great reference in the half man half machine to like uh, technology even before your time, really. I suppose yeah, like yeah. more me and Jamie Commodore sixty four would take yeah. you know about two hours to load and like really ridiculous sounds and stuff like that. But yeah, it's all in there. Yeah, so adds yeah. to the humour of it. That's all. the thing. Like I said, roller disco was my favourite, but it's on about nineteen eighty three. Jimmy and I obviously. It's 10 years before I was born, but I just all the references to um, Pill and places in Newport, do you mean? It's, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know, just guess you listening straight away, do you mean? I remember going to Glastonbury around sort of 2004 in Darkness. They were on the main stage on the Friday first, and I'm sure GLC played on like the Sunday on the, on the main stage or the other stage. And you know, they didn't only put Newport on the map, no, they put no. Wales on the map. And yeah, you know, all my mates I went down with, they were like, Oh, you know, GLC yeah. from Wales. And you know, it was but it's, a gr- it's a great achievement because, like you said, it, there's all the re- not all the references, but a lot of the references about being from Newport from the outside looking, you think, Well, how's that going to appeal to people all around the UK or around the world? But like, guns don't kill people. People love that song, yeah, do you yeah, mean? Yeah. And people know who it is, do you mean? So fair play to them for making it a, a national success. Like, And it's a total send-up of, um, you know, a hip-hop scene that can take yourself too seriously, yeah. especially in America. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's like a tagline to the uh, single, the gun is the tool, the mind uh, is the weapon, yeah, which is yeah, almost yeah, like yeah. David Brent-esque yeah, in his delivery. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing that I loved about Goldie Look and Chain, I still love, is they don't that the newborn accent is so Prominent, vital. Yeah, Do you yeah. know what I mean it's a it's a brilliant I think I'm gonna say it, but I think it's a brilliant accent, especially for rapping. I don't know what sort of music is if it's grime or whatever, but it don't matter where they come from. It's so everyone's sort of got like a, a London accent. Yeah. Do you yeah, mean? Yeah. I, I just don't understand that. Like the newborn accent's brilliant. Don't change it. If you're if you're rapping or whatever, keep that newborn accent in there. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a lot of songs on on this album that they probably couldn't get away with now. And I remember uh, they played before uh, Wales England yeah, in yeah. 2005. Yeah, and, yeah. and played your missus and Nutter and, and dedicated it to David Beckham. Yeah. I think he found the yeah. funny side. He though, did. Didn't he? he did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I, I know the FAW issued yeah. a public apology. Didn't yeah. They? Yeah. yeah, they, they were asking for that, asking them to play one day. <laughs> <laughs> that would never happen. No, no, no. no. I, I doubt they've been invited back. Have they? I don't know. I think the sort of musicality of of, of the album and the, the quality of the musicianship and and production. I think Leon West produced it, and you know Nicky Wire said that the musical side of things is really underrated. You know. Yeah, yeah. And they're probably a little bit 
better musicians than just like a parody oh, band. Yeah. You know, like you know, yeah. Reese's released a classical piano album. I see. I didn't. I yeah. didn't know that either. Well, they are obviously. Uh, yeah. Do you mean to release so many? Like how many albums are they? I don't know how many albums they've released. They release them all the time. Yeah. Do you mean so they must be pretty decent musicians to well, be I think able to do that? You know. I think you've got to be able to if you parody something, you've got to be able to know the thing you're parodying, yeah, course, as, as you know. You know, with with Port Life, and then you know to understand the musicianship that, that yeah, comes yeah. into that. Yeah. And and there's one one per, a musician you could never sort of say is underrated. It's, it sounds about a bit of a tangent actually, but uh, is Eric Clapton, yeah. and um, he uh, headlined. I don't know whether you went to this gig, but he headlined the uh, Tsunami uh, Relief concert in right. um, oh. 2005. That was in the Millennium Stadium. It was like a full day of yeah, artists. I and remember that. it. Yeah. And um, he was the headline with Jules Holland. I remember him. I think it was the very last song of the night. He was singing. Um, Shake, Rattle and Roll and GLC just invaded the stage started jumping around all around right. him and he was just like who the hell are these guys so just, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah completely yeah, yeah. po-faced about it yeah, and just yeah, like yeah. what on earth what is going, going on, on? Yeah, where yeah. are the security guys <laughs> <laughs> these on. so you say they're playing at Newport Centre in a couple of weeks have you ever seen them live yeah I've I seen them in Newport Centre it's probably about 10 years ago now actually but I also played a festival Welsh Fest that festival was just typical we had sunshine for about four months before this festival and then the weekend of this festival it just rained non-stop so there weren't many people there. but they had um eggsy and they got like a separate thing when there's only two of them yeah like gold Reece Reece probably, yeah, yeah. Reece, but yeah i think it was reese yeah but i see them then as well so i've seen them twice i think so one thing you were saying earlier was uh the fact that they're so immensely proud of being from newport they've yeah. never forgotten their roots and it's something that recurs throughout their work all the time from the uh jay-z and alicia keys um sort of parody of newport state in mind and uh reese hutchins stood as a counselor for a yeah. while uh, in yeah, your is it where you yeah. yeah. went to yeah yeah he did yeah um, I don't know if I was old enough to vote at the time, but um, yeah, anyway, I remember. I remember it being in the papers that he was, uh, yeah, running for election. They also sponsored the uh, Newport County did, yeah. first team strip. Did I you have a copy? Do you have one? Of those? I, d- I didn't have a copy of it. No, that's probably about ten years ago now yeah. as well. Yeah, time flies. Isn't it? But yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, people. I s- you still see the odd person walking around with them on. And the um, greatest hits album was released in America as um, Straight Out of Newport as a sort of piss take on the yeah, NWA yeah. album. Yeah, yeah. Compton, yeah. Well, that's another artist I like. The NWA. When I was in my early teens i was really into hip-hop do you know what I mean so i think that this may be why this album uh sort of struck a chord with me the, the hip-hop element and a local hip-hop element yeah it, do you mean so what do you think of their um recent uh, collaboration with uh, abm Biggie? i did see that but he support yeah. that's what he's supporting them uh in Newport Centre that's, uh, pro- that's probably why he didn't get the gig <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. no fair play to that uh, that lad Biggie do you know what I mean I, I don't know him but um, I assume he's making a good living I, I don't, you know a decent living do you know what I mean fair play to him this is quite a difficult question to ask people when we sort of ask them for the you know the favourite album by Welsh artists because there's you know loads yeah, to yeah. choose from and what other ones come to mind when we asked you so it was a, it was a toss up between the Go Look Chain and Houdini Dax Naughty Nation, which was released about 2015, I think. Yeah. So um, Houdini Dax were the first band I saw, like local band. I saw them support Twisted Wheel in the Globe, and they were great. I thought they were amazing. So uh, they were the first band I saw. I thought, oh, perhaps I can do that, like Oasis did, but yeah. like on a local scale. Oh, perhaps I can start doing that. Do you know what I mean? It's a great album. Stefan produced this one as well, and it's just looking at the cover now. Fine Love in the Dole Office. It's a great song. They're all great songs. I mean, Crack Dance is sort of like an instrumental sort of song, and then that's great as well. But um, it's great to see what the boys out of Houdini Dax have sort of gone on to. I know, obviously, Davey with Boy Azuga and Jack's doing well with his music, and I think Owen's writing stuff for BBC Telly now. Okay. So, um, yeah, it's a great, great album. So what next is for yourself? I'm hoping to release four singles 
in 2020, maybe a Christmas single as well. I've got one, I've got one in the pipeline, just haven't uh, got around to recording it. Ah. So, yeah, hopefully. We look forward to it, Jack. Thank you so much for joining Thank us you. today, mate. Really appreciate it. Great to meet you. Thanks and for thanks for taking the time talking through, you know, your career and yeah. your life and, and also uh, your favourite album. Yeah, no problem. It was nice to sort of be brought back up to speed with, yeah, the memories of, of that from uh, from 15 years ago. Yeah, now. yeah. Not seen. Top man. No problem at all. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you, lads. To close this week, we've got another exciting prospect from Newport, indie solo troubadour Dan Burridge. This track has only just come out and it's got uh, his mate uh, Jack Perrett on back in uh, vocals. It's called Just Fooling Around. Just fooling around Just fooling around Just fooling around 